Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. You're on Team Human, conscious intervention in the machine. Here's an extra special treat for y'all that we're dropping into the feed. I was just a guest on Truanon, one of my very favorite podcasts of all time, hosted by Liz Franzak and Brace Belden, and produced by the ever-elusive young Chomsky. They had me on to talk about the manufactured AI panic in a discussion they entitled Bloodless Hype Machine. I asked if I could drop this episode of the Truanon podcast into the Team Human feed, and they said, sure. So here you go. This is the Truanon podcast, episode 305 from July 13th, 2023. <laughs> I think that the modem should have made human noises. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is this is really, I think, germane to this introduction I'm going to make. I think the modem, when you started up, instead of making all those crazy computer noises, should have had a burp or a sigh. Wouldn't or it like be a, crazy if it was a scream? <laughs> it's just like, ah! Like, as it was going... <laughs> Um, but imagine there are a lot of human noises being made, maybe a wet mouth, maybe a, a blowing of a nose, maybe the, the scratch of a dandruff head and the soft falling like snow of the flakes of skin from the scalp of a man logging into the internet. What does he see on that internet? He sees the face. Douglas, 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 I'm pronouncing this in a unique way. Douglas Rushkoff. Professor at CUNY, <laughs> author of, I don't know how many dozens of books, but the latest one being Survival of the Fittest. Richest. Richest. Excuse me, I just used the regular one. Yeah. Survival of the Richest, and, of course, Present Shock, one of my favorite books, actually. I read the entire thing. Yay. I loved it. Um, here to join us to talk about what's going on in them little blippity bloops. Douglas, welcome <laughs> to the show. Hey, <laughs> good to be here. What an introduction. Yeah. It's Beautiful. so nice to have you back. When was yeah. the, when was you said it earlier? When was the last time September you September twenty twenty two? Oh my god! Right, right when that book came out. Exactly. Yeah. People were just finding out that the tech bros don't have our best interests at heart. And I know. <laughs> yeah, and well, I, I, you know, I kind of want to intro us a little bit, and because I want you, I want you all to think back. I know that you know 
long-term, I don't know if a, a year is long-term memory, but I feel like it's long-term yeah. memory. A year back, September 2022, right after that, November, SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, absconds with all this money. The whole, the whole thing comes crumbling down. Crypto takes a big hit. Polycule's in peril. One of, I got to tell you, one of the worst press cycles for polycules in a decade that yeah. has been rough on the form. Yeah. And then, as we were saying before we started yeah. recording, we had Silicon Valley Bank implode a few and, months later. Yeah, and March, then yeah. I feel like that has led us to our current state, and I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, and it could have been a sigh of relief that, oh, look, crypto doesn't really work. There's no final good to be had converting the matter of our planet into bits. Mm -hmm. That that's not going to be good and let's actually keep some planet around to walk around on and stuff. It does seem like, oh, good, we're not going to go into the ether. Yay, and we, we could have relaxed, and then Silicon Valley Bank crashes, which is, I know, bad for capital and venture capital and all these companies, but it's also like, Oh, so this weird Ponzi scheme, exponential growth-based bullshit capitalism thing kind of doesn't really work, does it? That, that Jimmy Stewart and the savings bank was something very different, <laughs> right? When you just lend and people get mortgages from what was happening there. And it was like, oh, people like me think, oh, good, you know, a new day is here, like after the dot-com crash of 99, mm. Like, 2000. maybe we can all kind of be a little bit sober for a second after these years of, like, insanity and, like, hype cycles and booms yeah. and busts. And think about maybe using technology for learning and mm. culture and good instead of just supporting banking. And then they come, you know, just a couple of months in. It's like, and it's interesting that they do it this way. They come up with this letter of, like, oh, no. AI is coming to yes. kill us all. Be, be afraid. Be very afraid. You know, and to me, I looked at it right away and thought, oh, they can't just hype it like they did crypto because they just did a couple of the, the kind of happy yeah. hype cycles. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's kind of go, you know, do a little riptide here. Come on, come on under it and go be afraid. Be afraid. It's like it's like that the guy in the street kind of like when he wants to look like he's ready for a fight, but really doesn't. And he gets his friends. It's like, hold me back, man. Yeah. Hold me back. Yeah, that's oh, the I'm classic move. Hold me back. Right. So they're basically saying, okay, we're all signed this thing. Government. Agent, someone hold us back because we're ready mm. to just rip. Yeah. But see, I'm like one of the people that like I do kind of think this AI stuff is scary. You think no? Well, it's scary how. I mean – I'm not scared of it becoming sentient or anything. My model of sentience or consciousness mm. is not theirs. I mean, the, the tech bro kind of extreme spectrum materialist Richard Dawkins hyper-atheist understanding of consciousness mm -hmm. is that it's this emergent property of complex matter, that, that biology got really complex and then consciousness kind of emerged from it. So if silicon gets really complex, consciousness will emerge from it. And emergence, again, is a, is a religious word, but yeah. they pretend it's science. It'll emerge from it, and then these things will see how horrible we are and kill us all or take over our civilization. And I don't – I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you on that. I don't think that – that's not like one of my big yeah. fears. I think that like I look at how a lot of the AI or language, you know, language processing, language LLMs, whatever, are already kind of changing the way we 
understand and interact with the world. And it starts to kind of like freak me out. Like I think about like filters, right? That's AI. And you look at like TikTok filters are like a perfect example of the ways in which those, I remember like a while back I brought one and I showed you guys that like, it's like, like it, got, it went viral. It was like a video of a girl being like, this filter is fucking crazy. And like, she looks totally different. She like flips it off and she's like literally a different person. And the, the, the you know, AI is so good that it is completely changing or I don't know, col- I, I, I can feel it kind of collapsing the way that we perceive reality. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, for me, it was it was digital from the beginning. Mm-hmm. The whole the digital is quantized, right? There's these exact. I mean, musicians know that notes aren't notes. A G sharp and an A flat look the same on the piano, but they're actually different notes. They have different temperament, and digital kind of auto tunes everything to these right. exact. Things And I feel like what you're describing to me is sort of like when the algorithm auto-tunes you or filters you or filters your perceptions and you don't even realize quite what you're doing, that they're, they're sort of mechanizing uh, in really particular ways how we see and think. I mean, you're, you're describing, I mean, algorithms were doing this and they're not conscious. They're just programs. Right, of course. Right? But then with large language models, it's like they get sort of more complex and more mm-hmm. hidden and more strange and they involve not just our perceptions but our expression when people start right. using these things. Mm-hmm. And then for me, the scary part of that is you've got these large language models, which are really just probability machines. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're taking what is the most probable response or the most probable string of words I can put together to that query. And I, what I'm going to do, though, says AI, is I'm going to take the most probable string of words off the internet from between 2018 and 2021. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. wait a minute. Is that the culture? The internet, 2018 to 2021, is that what I want? Do I want whatever that says is the most probable response? I don't think so. I mean, as a human being, the way we want to live, we love the possible, right? <laughs> That's what humans are. And to, to keep restricting us down to the most probable outcome and those ones – I could see why those dudes are scared because that's the space that they made mm. based on, you know, libertarian, extractive, surveillance, nightmarish values. If we're going to get the most probable response using that data set, um, then, yeah, nightmares are coming, right? That's not – that's not – you know, it's like, it's like we could tell our children how to be and tell them all – but they don't listen to what we say. They model what we do, right? right? They see us screaming at someone, you know, you cut me off, motherfucker. Yeah. That's what the kid learns. So the AIs are like that. They're sampling what we actually did. And that's not pretty, right? If they were actually <laughs> going to go act on it. You know, that's – and that's why I think the tech bros, the ones who are genuinely afraid, they have that kind of um, Jim Morris in the end – Fear, right? Mm. Like, Father, I'm going to kill yes. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it's, I think that there's a, there's a couple things that I'm thinking about what you guys just said right there. One, I, I do remember you showed us that filter. And I think about filters in general because I remember when they came out, it was just like the sort of like Vice Williamsburg 2011 mustache hat thing where you yeah. sort of put like a filter to make it look like a under, you know, a, a, a expired film right. used in a camera or whatever. And now it's become like, you know, you make it so that you look like you have lip fillers or something. And I remember there was a, there was a great deal of press uh, at varying stages, but that sort of I think reached like a a, a big uh, 
I want to say a fever pitch, but a higher pitch uh, around like 2016, 2017 about how Instagram in particular was really fucking with young girls. And that it was really, it was, it was, it was causing, you know, huge amounts of depression. And there was a study that came out about it. And I think, you know, a lot of people obviously yeah. wrote about it. And it's one of those things that's so plainly true that, that you don't even really need a study. I mean, I, I think anybody who's, who is listening to this probably has an anecdotal example of that. Um, and then that didn't, you know, there was all of this sort of warnings about that. And then it accelerated times 10,000. And obviously none of these filters... None of these, I mean, I, I use that sort of shorthand for any number of things that come out of these, you know, especially revolving around the way that we interact with uh, images of ourselves or that we present images of ourselves on the Internet. All of these warnings and all of these very obvious red flags that come up, and then the technology just, like, bursts past that. And, of course, you know, the society embraces it. These things are, are attractive, even as you're using them, knowing that they're... Uh, Har- directly probably harming, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a big filter person, but you know what I mean? Like directly probably harming your image of yourself or the way, especially for a young person, the way that they like think that their image should be put in the, in the world. Um, I do think it's funny because there has sort of been a, a backlash, not a backlash, but I think maybe a subconscious backlash about that from Zoomers taking these sort of like purposely ugly, very close up pictures of themselves or like, you know, those, what, 0.5 pictures or yeah. whatever, which I think is interesting, but, um, but as this technology progresses, it can be warning after warning after warning after warning. And that doesn't actually matter. That's just sort of like it, it has this sort of uh, dual purpose of giving the veneer of self-regulation because some of this information came out of Instagram and, and Facebook's or I guess Meta's own internal studies. Right. It has this, it has this dual purpose of being like, well, looks, and we're actually concerned about this, but it's also kind of an advertisement. And then that's what I see with the, with the AI stuff because, you know, you're talking about this hold me back thing, right? Yeah. I mean, Zuckerberg did this whole song and dance as well where he's like, we need to be regulated. Regulate me, regulate me, regulate me. And Sam Altman has been on this fucking like, you know, dead and company style tour where he's like going around yeah. to the oldest people that he can find in the world and trying to explain AI and how it's scary and how it needs to be regulated. And, I, I, you know, I, call me crazy, but I don't think that Sam Altman really, I, I mean, he's making it. I mean, is that is that it, it seems like it seems like a feint. There's a lot of contradictions there. I mean, the company is called OpenAI, mm-hmm. which makes you think it's like some kind of open source AI thing, and it's not. It's a totally closed proprietary thing. Mm-hmm. So if he's going around with OpenAI trying to get people to help regulate him, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I'm sure he's a nice Jewish boy, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be known you know, by people or God or anybody for having destroyed civilization. Yeah. He would like someone, I mean, ultimately, he would like someone smarter than him who knows about these mm-hmm. things to figure out what are the possible damages and then correct for it, please. Yeah. So the I thing can about go AI play. is like you can't. Like that's what I think is so interesting is that like so much of AI's potential is based on like – Basically, you have to continually feed it more and more data, and once, and then it'll start to reveal its own potentials because it can only get better and smarter by the more that it, like, you know, ingests, right? Right. And none of the stuff that it reveals, like, it reveals new opportunities for technology as it, like, progresses that these guys don't 
understand. Like, either it's like a Google SVP, like, came out and said, like, we don't know, like, how these things are coming about, basically. Like, we can't, we don't understand why it's making these choices. We can't, you know what I mean? Like, we can't figure it out. And so there's a, I think there's a lot of kind of abdication of responsibility happening where it's like, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. So what we would like is for you guys to come in because what they ultimately want to do is externalize the costs, yeah. right? Which is like, oh, we need fact checkers. We need journalists. We need anyone who's not our company to take on the risk because if we are responsible for this risk, then suddenly we have a really costly company on our hands and not a really lean, efficient little dually machine that we can just deploy at will and then society can deal with it later. Right. And it's also because these, these technologies are at least uh, autonomous in style. Mm. Even if they're not autonomous, they keep going. So it's like nanotechnology. You make a little thing and then it spawns or genomic technology. Mm. Monsanto makes some genes and then they spread and they grow and they go to the neighbor's field. I mean, these are the same kinds of AIs or are, are that same kind of technology that you launch it and then you don't really know what it's going to do. But right now, they're not really doing anything. Right now, the AIs that I've seen are not AI. They are like a skin on a Google yeah. search. It's autocomplete. Yeah. It's autocomplete of, of a big, big thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. So autocomplete with a full Wikipedia style article. Yeah. But that's all it is. So it's not thinking. And it's a great tool. I mean, I, I'm going to, rather than forbid my students from using um, ChatGPT, I'm going to do assignments where they have to try to get ChatGPT to produce the paper that they agree with. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to ask about that because, uh, you know, you're a professor. And one of the things that one of the big warnings that have, has kind of come out about AI and, you know, there's a, an occasional sort of viral news article about yeah. you know, professors, every essay has turned in has been AI or they think it's AI or whatever. Um, have any of your students tried to pass off? Yes. Stuff as, as, as their own. That's written yeah, by AI. Yeah, that was clearly written by AI because of the, you could tell. I mean, the organization, this was like even, yeah. they felt almost chat GP how, level. How could you, how could you tell? Because of the way they were organized, mm -hmm. you know, they're always going to have a first this, second that, yes. finally and yes. ultimately this. Um, because the references don't really make sense. That's another usual giveaway. They, they have citations that either don't exist or that have nothing to do with what they're saying. They mm -hmm. just look like citations. They don't fully understand what a citation is, the, the chats. Um, and because it's totally different from the way the student expresses themselves yes. in email yeah. and other things. All of a sudden, it's a completely different thing. But The classic know, plagiarism marks. Yeah, the classic <laughs> ones, right. And in some ways, I like it as a great equalizer because in the past, only my wealthy students could get you know a tutor or somebody <laughs> yeah, to write a custom some, paper pay, for them. pay a guy in uh, South mm -hmm. Korea to write their paper right. for them. Now yeah. everybody has equal opportunity to do that. But you know, so I, I confronted the students, some of them by email, and some said, I don't know what ChatGPT is. I don't know what you're talking about. I never heard of it. You know, I'm like, dude. So then the person that you paid to write your paper then heard of it. Mm. Um, and I didn't know what to, so finally, because there were so many of them, I did a full class amnesty. I said, everybody has, if you wrote your paper using ChatGPT and you would know you did this, right? You would know you did this. Um, please, um, you have one week to write another paper, turn it in, no questions asked, whatever. And then a lot of students would say, I feel accused, um, but, you know, I'm going to rewrite it just in case yeah. you think I did. A very human reaction. 
I you guess because you don't want it. You, I think, I think it's one of those things where because I could see myself. I, I was, I was not a particularly good student, but I could see myself getting overwhelmed with with what was probably a wor- regular workload. Yeah. But my, you know, my brain is very little space occasionally for things that are important. Um, and and re- and relying on something like that, and then doing this, what I think is a very human thing of of kind of like lying to yourself about right. it, you know, like, 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 and, and cause maybe they, they might've, I mean, I'm sure that they went through and proofread it at some point or like at least glanced it over. And you know, I, you could be like, well, I sort of wrote it and. Right. The ones that don't know, but, but it is weird. The ones who are like, I've got some responses righteously indignant that yes. I would accuse them, but also rewriting the essay. Yes, yeah, And it's yeah. like, that's a strange combination. I keep saying, look, if you wrote it, you should not write it again. Yeah. Yeah. If you have doubt about whether you wrote it, then you probably should. But you should have good enough memory to know, you know, read it. Was that something you, you wrote? I mean, most of the students who are writing their own essays are not actually writing. They're using, like, speech to text. Oh, really? You know, it's like they're are you barely serious? dictating yeah. it? Yeah, and you can tell because Napoleon? it's like— Yeah, because there's, like, all these homonyms, you know, in the, the, like, the wrong wow. words come out. Aren't, ain't, Wait, or whatever. that's crazy. Well, that, that's yeah. ins- I'm, that's I'm sorry. That's like totally crazy. I would to me. not have to keep well, my totally. Well, why, I'm where does that come from? I'm teaching at you know undergrads at Queens College. There's a bunch of different kinds of student there. There's some who are you know come in as freshmen and are really yeah, of strong and all that. But then some kids kind of get in kind of sideways and really aren't fully functionally literate. And just feel yeah, more comfortable yeah, speaking. Yeah, to yeah. The phone, I can see that. You know? I can see that. And for some of them, I mean, it's an interesting place that you get of like, well. Maybe, uh, you know, what if I let students, if you really can't write or don't feel comfortable writing, you do a five-minute video essay yeah. on something. Or, or an oral exam. I know yeah. they're doing those now. You do other things. I mean, the one good thing about ChatGPT and people writing fake papers is it it's forcing American professors to think of themselves more like the European professors. When In Europe, when you turn in a paper, that's at the beginning of the process, not the end. Oh, okay. You turn in the paper, and then you have discussions about it right. with the professor. You went to university university in Europe. Yeah. So you they were like they had you like standing in front of a bunch of people in robes and you had to like yeah talk about it's crazy. Like, yeah, you do. Cool. You actually have to you're right but but that's the thing and I agree the paper should be the start of a conversation not the end. That's so American, you know. Oh, it's your here's your assessment. You write your paper to prove that you know. You don't write a paper to prove you know mm-hmm. something. You write a paper to argue something. Yeah. 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 I I it's funny too. I I was thinking because obviously, like, I, I'll be honest, guys, I cheated in school. And I cheated in, like, middle school. Like, school yeah. that, like, you generally don't need to de- cheat in. Um, and I could see myself, if I was me now in middle school, in high school, I probably would use ChatGPT. Even though I'm a very strong essay writer, actually. I would, I would just be like, ah, I want to smoke. I need to devote myself to learning how to smoke cigarettes cool. Yeah. Uh, and then going through it and adding mistakes in purposely, because I think one of the things that... Mind of a criminal. That would help. Yeah, exactly. Because one of the things that I think ChatGPT, even outside the realm of college essays or anything like that, uh, it does read like ChatGPT wrote it, no matter what the subject is. And it, and it reads in this, in this sort of like perfect cadence. And like, it was funny like seeing, seeing all of these uh, media companies, BuzzFeed or whoever else, uh, talking about how they were going to add AI written articles or, or quizzes or whatever. And I, I think it's funny because this is a very much like this very, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, 
machine mind kind of way to think about it because part of the reason that we like reading things is because those things were produced by a human being. And like this is something that you see so often with like the proponents of AI online. They're like, look at this, like this is going to destroy human art or whatever. And like I I genuinely don't think it will. Never. I mean, you like mid-journey things. The mid-journey, which is one of those things, you you, you type in words and it makes beautiful pictures of any style that you want. And the the mid-journey experience is fabulous for the mid-journey amateur artist. Yeah. But it's awful for those of us who are so, oh, look at the thing I made on mid-journey. I don't give a shit what you made on Midjourney. Yeah. Why, when I get an email like, oh, look at my Midjourney, it's sort of like, let me tell you about my last acid trip. Yes. And I'm like, your acid trip was great, I'm sure. But you know, listening to other people's acid trips is so boring. Oh, yeah. and the sky came out of the ceiling, and then I saw my, yeah, okay, good for you, good for you. And that's the Midjourney thing. When, when uh, You're right, when you, look at a, when you look at a Van Gogh painting, are you looking at it because you want to feel, well, look at that you know, stack that haystack. I'm and I'm gonna experience the retinal stimulation of that paint on my eye. No. You're looking at the painting thinking, who was this fucked up human being? What was he feeling? And what does that mean to me? Can I relate to him? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're reading James Joyce or something late at night and have that moment where you there's one sentence that makes sense in it, maybe. And it like and you're like I'm James Joyce's soul is talking to my soul right now from the grave. There's that that human to human moment. That's the only reason we look at that stuff. The the rest is like it's like wallpaper. I could see, but well, but I think you just art. kind of um, like hit on something that's really key when kind of having these discussions about like what is art, whatever. Um, is that like so much of it has to do with our relationship as readers, right? Like. Something someone can put something out. An author can put something out. Like I don't know. I'm a little like hesitant to get into conversation about like what is an author and like what makes art yeah. and and kind of like I don't know like reifying this idea of like something inside uh, the human that makes something so special. You know this idea right. of the kind of like bourgeois artist or whatever. I I, I tend to like right. push back on that, which kind of oddly puts me in a position of like almost advocating for some AI stuff, which is like a fun little exp- like thought experiment for me. Um, hmm. But I also think that what's so important about the kind of discussions around AI is that it's ultimately, you know, it's, it's ultimately about language and conversation, right? It's all about social. Like it, it's so much about what we're reading and interpreting and it's a question of interpretation and it's so it's not just about what's you know who is it that's putting it out there what is it that is being put out there but also how are we seeing it do we see it as something that is um human do we see it as something that is art do we see it as something that is an essay or a paper right. you know what i'm saying yeah like, i mean i feel like we see it in in very utilitarian ways yeah rather than open-ended ways. And that bothers me too because then it's like, well, AI is just another pseudopod of capitalism. You know, I I look at it as a subset. It's like, okay, here's the utilitarian, top-down, extractive, mechanized, efficient, probable response. You know, this is going to be the best thing for the market, the best thing to get people to spend money, the best thing to keep these mm-hmm. engines going. And it it gets rid of the weird. It's it's the yeah. auto-tuned reality kills yeah. James Brown. It kills Tina Turner. It kills that. And I get it. There's a I mean, 
there's a there's a bougie thing to the idea of the you know Vitruvian man. Uh, I know what you mean. That sort of enlightenment ideal of this individual's great creation. Look at Leonardo's David, and he did. There's there's that which is it's I I'm troubled by that too, but there's there's it's the weird. It's the liminal. It's the the. For me, art and the humanities are about celebrating what's between the one and the zero. What's between the ticks mm. of the clock? What can the machine and technology not see? And I feel like we're in the beginnings of, and I'm just learning about the originals, but maybe the beginnings of a new symbolist era. Did you ever mm. hear about the symbolist artists of mm. the late 1800s? They were kind of a response to industrialism. Yeah. And everything they did was kind of like weird-ass like tarot cards and stuff. And, and it led to Art Nouveau and all that. So... So if we're if this is a new an, an, like this is like industrialization 2.0 is this this digitized uh, uh, artificial intelligence product what is the response of the not even the individual artist but the art community to that mm. what's the graffiti that we write on these subways I think what's tough too is that like you know this these things are tools but I mean sorry I'm just going back now thinking about the kind of language assistant, teaching assistant, like the little, like, you know, yeah. what did you call autocomplete guy, that the prompts or whatever that mm-hmm. you get. Like, because if you think about it from, like, flip the perspective, right, not of the user but of the AI or the AI company or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, it's not helping you so much as you're helping it, right? Because, like, what you're inputting into it is what it's using then to perfect and right. get better. And so... Like my problem with the with the um, a lot of the conversations around this stuff is like, you know, I think I agree with you that the the plagiarism and the kind of like, you know, is this real? Is this fake? Maybe is a little bit of a like kayfabe for like some of the other discussions that are maybe more important to have. Right. Which is like, for me, when I see autocomplete, like what troubles me is that what it does is it actually stops you from thinking. It stops you from completing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it literally intervenes to stop you and from your thought. And you, part of like right, writing and thinking. To the most probable thing. To yeah. the most efficient thing. It's, it's, it's the opposite of anthropomorphism where you see a living thing in the computer. It's mechanomorphism yeah. where they make you more machine-like. Exactly. And so you're perfecting it so much as it's perfecting you to start thinking as it needs you to think in order for it to get better. And it to get better. Right. So then there's so many things. So what is it? Is it capitalism? In most cases, it is. In most cases, it's just another Sam Bankman free trying to make money. So it is that. But it's like... When you talk to the, the, the cab drivers on Uber who are having every one of their movements recorded by Uber because it's yeah. going to Musk or somebody else to figure out autonomous well, vehicles. Well, now it's really going to insurance companies. That's the whole thing Ugh. now. So you're training, though. You're training the algorithm yeah. with everything. So you're in this, in this feedback loop. And you're, you, when you think you're getting service from the thing, it's actually getting more value yeah. out of you. And slowly – but, but the, the other thing you made me think of is – and nothing against teachers are overworked and all that. And the, with, with how utilitarian teaching has become, mm-hmm. I know teachers that have, maybe smartly, used ChatGPT to come up with exams. Mm-hmm. Right? They'll put their syllabus in there. So if you're using as a professor ChatGPT to come up with an oh, exam. Man, it's turtles all the way down. What's the problem <laughs> with 
the student then using ChatGPT to answer it. It's like in the Google, you know, when you're doing That's Gmail. That's the most Zizekian thing you've just said. It's like we're just going to have ChatGPT talk to ChatGPT exactly. and then we can go about our day. I was thinking, yeah, with my Gmail, if I can automatically, if it's just those responses, I'm like, oh, fine. You respond to Liz's emails. Liz's thing will respond to my emails and then we can just go for a walk so together. So maybe that's the ultimate freedom, right? We just get like all our, we each will have all of our bots that will all have the conversations that we don't want to have and we can just do whatever <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because now if you, I mean, classically now it's impossible to talk to customer service of any industry in any way under any circumstances, right? Yeah, they right? figured out the just press zero Yeah, hack. it's just they, they oh my God, are just yelling operator, 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 yeah. operator, operator. Yeah. I still do that, but that's, yeah. it's sort Doesn't of like, a, it's like a relic of the past. Like, yeah, I don't even know why. Too. I'm so disconnected from why I did in the first place that I'm like a, a, a it's like a cargo cult thing. But um, I, uh it's 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 interesting because I mean like obviously like they should just create something for the customer to to respond to these like bots that they have, but like uh, my 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 fears about AI, my personal fears about AI, do not revolve around like an AI super colossus, right. you know, being yeah. forming itself out of nanotechnology in the you know in the and taking over NORAD and doing all these. I, I don't think that's that, at least that's not on the menu for dinner tonight, right? right. But I do think that there are a lot of very stupid people who are in positions of power who think they are very intelligent. And even if they don't know that they can cut costs by replacing people with a, a, this AI that d is hyped up in this way but can't even do probably the basic tasks that they set it to do. I mean, if we know anything, any word sums up the new, new technological marvels that have come out for the past two decades, it is hype and then followed by, you know, generally a coming down to earth like, oh, this does a fraction of what it is promised. I mean, right. the, the, the driver, the, the, the full self-driving must thing is, I mean, perfect example of that, right? The Mars thing. But I, what I, I, it seems realistic to me what will happen is that, like, AI will be integrated into some of these professions, right? I mean, there was recently some, like, uh, Marvel TV show that had as its introduction for the first time in history, the full, you know, like the title sequence and all that stuff, yeah. fully generated by AI. And it is so apparent. It, it looks like dog shit. And I am not a, a Marvel fan, you know? But I, even I was offended on their behalf. Yeah. Like, this is atrocious. And it's funny because it's, it's bad. By any, any, anybody's standards, it is bad work, right? But I think that there will be a, a huge amount of bad work being passed off as something innovated in the, in the near future, because that will allow us to like, you know, there's, it, it, it will allow us, so excuse me, it will allow like these people who own these businesses to, to cut costs and that people will still eat this shit anyways, you know? Right. What? And you get to see the weirdness of it. So it's like if, if a beer commercial, you saw that like AI generated yeah, beer yeah, commercial yeah, where people's yeah. heads are turning into beer bottles. It's like, okay, it's kind of funny and at least we're watching the AI and I'd much rather them do that than like put it into taxi cabs and have them yes. run me over and stuff. At least it's over yeah, in, yeah. Enter in entertainment land. Well, I think AI, I mean, I think AI isn't going to replace work. It just reorganizes it and new work becomes needed. Like you see this, yeah. with, I mean, the perfect example is like, I mean, less so on the consumer side because like that stuff is not as perfect. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. like so far it's for that shit. to come. Yeah. But like, 
you look at the the big industries that have been like radically changed by this tech is like insurance and finance and all that and all it does is as it like makes up like one like one side of the business more efficient and I don't know whatever nanosecond way that yeah. McKinsey said it would <laughs> or whatever that requires then a whole new management team or a whole new process in order to manage the new technology, right? Oh, it's like yeah. the same thing that On happened both when, sides. you know, in any kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, production revolution, right? And so I think that's maybe what's like very weird about our moment. It, I mean, of you know, in addition to so many things, but is that like we're totally. in that like kind of like little like liminal space of all of this kind of shit shifting in a way that no one really knows yet. And so we're all kind of seeing these like weird gaps and, yeah. and, and kind of like spaces opening up. Yeah, I mean, totally. In the, in the simplest way, it's like what happens when companies replace their human receptionists with uh, uh, computer menu systems yeah. is it creates more human hours of labor for everybody. So yeah. they've externalized hundreds of thousands of hours that could have been done by two or three people on the phone that they would have paid for. Instead, it's, it's like it costs society so much more. And everybody's doing so. Everybody's spending all their time on that. So there's that simple aspect of it, right? Like CUNY Queens, where I teach, there's a computer system that we spend so much time mm-hmm. nursing as professors, this system. Mm-hmm. I could have a class book. I could do this in literally a twentieth, a fiftieth yeah. of the time without computers, with just note cards and hand them off to people and type things, it would be fine. But then the other thing is that, that we're saying, oh, that you know, and I used to say this all the time. Oh, first they came for the cab drivers, and I said nothing because I'm not a cab driver, right? Mm-hmm. That they're going to come <laughs> for all the jobs, but they don't really replace jobs with machines. They displace jobs with machines and work happens somewhere else. So who's getting all the cobalt and rare earth metals to, to build the servers for the AIs? Thousands of kids in the Congo and China and Australia or wherever to dig up the rare earth metals to make this stuff. The the companies, you know, Google and Amazon and all the companies, they're buying up real estate around lakes that have cobalt in it. There's like huge stuff going on. There's tens of thousands of people who train the AIs because AIs don't just read what's on the web. It's the same, you know, uh, it was a great book on um, – called – what was it called? Palo Alto? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he wrote about Malcolm, oh, yeah, Malcolm uh, Harris. Malcolm Harris. And he yeah. wrote about that the thing that made Apple really succeed was they had these huge basement warehouses of Filipino women assembling Macintoshes, like mm-hmm. really cheap, out in California somewhere. It's like, oh, or maybe. And here the they said it was a garage that did the whole in thing. A gra- yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they came up with the idea in a well, garage eating women. pizza. Right, yeah. you and your three friends. But someone's making the stuff. So there's huge labor behind AI. And yeah. it's funny, I was on um, – I, and I'm always flip about it because I'm I'm sort of answering the white people questions, mm-hmm. which is more. And I was on I was on CNN talking about AI and how I'm not afraid of it because it's all bullshit. It's just a search engine, blah blah. Chat GPT, blah. Um, and then they're like, well, yeah. Well, what about the unemployment problem? And that's when I did my kind of my little Rushkoff flip, and I was like, well, well what about the unemployment solution? I'm like what? And I was like. I don't see unemployment. I, I'm happy for computers to do all the work if I get to do all the play. Yeah. You know, and I was like, and I was starting to say, when did jobs, when were jobs invented? Oh, it was it about 11th and 12th century is when employment was invented, that you work by the hour instead of being a merchant. And that was a form of repression. And they put the clock on the tower in the town. And they're 
CNN is like, what the, where is this? Where the fuck is this guy <laughs> Get this going? guy yeah. up the air. Right. And I was just trying to say that, that jobs are a social construction. Jobs are not a given circumstance of nature. If, you, if AI could really come and do the work, that's not a problem. But we're not really looking that's at that not, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, that's not, that's not where we're headed. No, no. no it's, 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 it's funny. There's more work. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be more work, and it's going to be putting people, they're going to like be, you know how like, I mean, most jobs are just like, you kind of just go in and do nothing, right? In America, at least. A lot of jobs. Yeah. People kind of just go to an office and like maybe move a couple of things around on like a spreadsheet or maybe like make a presentation or like a project manager. That's like that's a fake job they made yeah. up to the give to college graduates, right? But um, it, you know, if AI really does put a bunch, of, you know, self-driving cars, for, for example, right. this is always a thing that I think about. What that is to me, there is no social good being like that. That technology is not pursuing a social good. That is not filling a need that society needs. What it is going to do is going to put all of the Uber drivers that were maybe put out of work uh, or the last job by some, you know, whatever advances of technology, even further out of work and put truckers out of work, which trucking employs more people than any other right. industry in this country. It is going to put a, a untold, and it's a decent job. I mean, it's a shitty job, but like you can, although the owner operator right. system fucks a lot of people over, like there is potential sometimes to get right. paid a decent, decent wage for that. It's going to put all of these people out of work. And like, there is going to be no, all of these companies are just going to be like, well, why doesn't the yeah. government step in? Or like, well, people should figure out it out by themselves. Well, or, you know, and nothing's going to happen. And the other thing about self-driving cars as an example is like, I mean, talk about externalizing costs. Like self-driving cars can only be a reality if the infrastructure is there to support them, yes. which means like literally changing every single intersection in America in order to be safe enough for these things right. to re like it, that, it is it would require like a literally like rebuilding the infrastructure of the United right. States, which makes it not a reality. That, and to do it for a reactionary purpose. And this is the yes. weird tech bro AI um in inability to actually imagine anything new. That when you take, let's let's use, let's pretend that Musk invented the electric car, right? Because yeah. he was good at marketing, just for the sake of it. Because um, he marketed Tesla. Is that a new and novel solution to the transportation problem in America? No. What he's done, just like an AI looking at 2018 to 2021, let's use the exact model we already have and sort of computerize or yeah. digitize it. No, let's think about how do we want to get people from place to place. If in the 30s and 40s, GM could come along and say, I'm going to get all these people who are working in a factory all day long, operating heavy machinery, who then leave the factory when the whistle blows, buy a newspaper, buy a beer, and sit on a streetcar and talk to their friends all the way home. I'm going to get all these people to work another hour and drive a piece of heavy machinery at great risk to all these people and pay for the privilege and convince them that that's autonomy. The way I'm going to do that is by restructuring the American suburban landscape to put everybody's homes driving distance without a train mm -hmm. from the place that they work. So if GM could remake the entire American landscape around the needs of an automobile, today's tycoons can only think, oh, the automobile 
is a fact of nature. Everyone needs a car. I was raised in a world with cars. Yeah. How am I going to make cars digital and autonomous? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. That's a kludge. That's not a reinvention. That's not novelty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that in the AI-driven universe, which is a, a kind of a of a of a of an abstracted intellectual um, non-imaginative uh, uh, approach to innovation, we end up with these very tired solutions. Same mm. with crypto. It's like crypto, what could we have done? Peer-to-peer -peer authentication for value creation is a really interesting thing. Turning it into an, into an investment asset is the opposite. Crypto came up with, with Occupy Wall Street. We're going to have an alternative to interest-bearing money, an alternative to an economy that is ruled by investment capital. And what did we do? We reified investment capital on friggin' digital steroids where it not only destroys people's lives, but blows up the planet in the process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I think that, that that's a really important point is that, like, there's no, like, it's, I, I think of this really reductive way probably, but I think, or this crude way, I'm not going to say reductive, this crude way of when I try to kind of get into the minds of, like, these, like, tech people. And it's like, to me, they're just looking at, at the, the present and thinking, like, how could we make this a little bit different but worse? And like right. on on varying scales. And I, I I'm sure that they, you know, they, they come up with all these highfalutin things. One thing that you always hear for any new advancement of technology, no matter how useless it is, it's like this will somehow help healthcare. Like AI yeah. will somehow health help healthcare. Meanwhile, of course, healthcare outcomes get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse in America, no matter what technology is adopted. In fact, sometimes probably because of that technology, because these, you know, hospitals can drive up these tremendous costs or blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, what the insurance industry needs is like way more just like automated statisticians. Exactly, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's That's exactly, help. that'll help our lives. And, 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 and <laughs> what, what we end up getting, I, I think my main real fear with AI is that, or I, what I get afraid of when I hear people talking about it is that is that the the selling points for a lot of people this like quote rationalization of society though AI is not rational it's a fucking it's a it it is a predictive model based on what words it it, it should statistically think could come next but that isn't the same as human rationality to me um, it re erases these these human points of contact that we have in a world that. Uh, has done everything in its power to erase those already, right? Like, you know, even the example of, like, an, an AI um, receptionist somewhere. Right. You know, you, that, that, those, those, uh, you know, I can't say that the greatest moments of my life have been standing before a receptionist, but, like, those tiny little insignificant banal points of contact from a human being to a human being that, that, that dot our day have, have sub significantly decreased in the past hundred years yeah. or whatever. Yeah, what people don't realize is when you, when you, because I'm dealing with a, a medical thing in my family now, when you call the doctor's office, even if it's the receptionist there at the thing saying, the doctor's seen a lot of cases like this Always. before, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through it. Just that yeah. is worth so much, yet impossible to find now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, like the the I think part of the you know I'm no I'm no philosopher but like I think part of like the 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 beauty of like society of human society is that like you these interactions and these mistakes and illogic and and um, 
being wrong and like these weird, weird, the weird, I guess, as you called it. Yeah. Uh, and even the not weird, even the regular. It's like the happenstance. The happenstance, exactly. Yeah, but the happenstance is unpredictable. Exactly. And that is weird. And that's what, and that's why we don't want the particular kinds of tech bros with their particular their their particular psychology building the platforms and so-called intelligences that mm. are going to be leading our future. They are, I mean, they're afraid of women. They're afraid of nature. They're yeah. afraid of liquid and sex and contact. I mean, they're 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 afraid of the unpredictable quality of real life. Yeah, and they like the AIs because the AIs are statistically predictable. These are the most predictable outcomes. It, it reduces that fear. And it's fine. I get it. There's a purpose. There's a good place for that. I want predictable outcomes when my airplane is landing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Design it as nerdily and techbrally as you can muster. Yeah. Right? I don't need Van Gogh in my landing yes, apparatus. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not up for interpretation. Use your Newton as best you can. But that doesn't it's not what's going to move us forward as a civilization. And in most cases, you don't want to be relying on technology. Technology, you know, that's what I've been saying lately, but both technology and economics should be seen as last resorts. They're not, as, they're not the systems we use to organize humanity. They're our fallback mechanisms when something's not working. It's like, oh, our organic farm really isn't working. It was so cold last season that the, the earth is, all right, we're going to have to get you know, a real backhoe in here and break the topsoil. But we understand it's really bad for the topsoil because we're going to break the soil matrix. We're going to get fewer seasons. We're going to have to put in more of this. To realize every single time, like every single time that you are buying a drill instead of going to your neighbor Bob's house and saying, Bob, can I borrow your drill? You are sending kids into rare earth metal mines to make the thing. You're going to use it once. You're going to stick it in the garage. It's never going to work again. You're going to throw it out and stick it on a toxic waste dump in Brazil. And you could have gone to Bob's house and said, Bob, can I just borrow your drill? And Bob is going to be happy to lend you the drill. He's going to come over and do the hole and everything for you. But, but the fear, the tech bro fear is, and now the American fear is, well, once Bob has drilled the hole for me, what do I owe Bob? Yeah. If yeah. I have a barbecue next weekend, he's going to smell it. He's right down the block. I'm going to have to invite him. Then if I invite him, the other neighbors are going to see I invited Bob, and then they're going to – and then our whole block is going to be you know, having a good time. With my, I'm going to be friends with these people. What's going to – we're going to – yeah, that's yeah. the fear. Yes, you're going to be friends with them. You're going to be friends with those people on your block, and it's going to be sticky sometimes. You know, it, it is. That's life. Sorry. You know, you don't, get your, you don't get your apocalypse moat, you know, which is where they're pushing it. That's why – I mean, really what these guys, that whole AI thing that we're really looking at is AI is like a mirror. And these guys are seeing themselves. It's a projection. They see themselves and their own crimes in these things. And they're just you trying think? to. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, I mean, Terminator. I mean, what is Terminator? It's a metaphor. I think it's a metaphor for American slavery. Mm. You know, it's like, it's like we're, not, we're not enslaving. We've just, we, the, the grandchildren of the people who were enslaved are still alive. Yeah. And we're spending our money on movies about future robots having a, yeah, a slave yeah, revolution. Yeah. Wait a minute. What, 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 what part of the equation do we, do, we, do we not understand yet? But no, the tech bros, they know that these things are modeling them. They are capitalist, selfish, extractive, libertarian, you know, misogynistic, colonizing entities. And now they've built children that are modeling their behavior. And they know, the, the, the tech bros know what they are doing to us, their AIs are going to try to do to them. That's... 
That's the fear. Is, is that where you think that, like, apocalyptic? Because you, you hear this even among, like, people like Musk, who is actively involved in developing AI. Yeah. He says right? part of the reason he wants to go to Mars is to escape if he has to escape from the AI. And it, 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 to I me, think we should send him to Mars. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. Here's my thing. How do you live on Mars without an AI? Let's though. get this guy to Mars as soon as possible. Yeah. Get your ass to Mars. Wh- whatever. You should be the, the first, first guy there. Yeah, first guy. Exactly. First guy, yeah. You and whatever deeply troubled women you need over there. We can send you guys... No, no, just, I just want him to go, but then we have, like, a right. really cool... We have, like, a guy on the inside who's like, yeah, yeah, go over there. I'm going to take a picture of you. Go, no, for, a little further, a little further. Little, oh, wait, see that hill? A little further. And then the other... Then he's, oh, perfect, scram, in the rocket. Ditch leave him, there. him Ditch Leave him, him on right. Mars. And send yeah. him there with a copy of um, the Matt Damon movie that he can watch on the way. Yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot. That was the movie. Yeah. Like, but it's going to end... Wait, I don't remember how that ended. Uh, Does he get back? He gets off of Mars. Okay, it's yeah. a different ending. But he eats, so he eats his my Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, I guess we all do. Didn't he yeah. also play a guy in Interstellar where he's trapped on like a thing? I don't know why I think about Interstellar so much. Yeah. I think it's because it's such a goofy. Yeah. I don't think I saw it. It's about love. Yeah. Love I holds like, the universe together. I know, like, it, a universe does not hold the Something weird and like. Could, it could, could be some love. Cthulhu entity does. Einstein. Is, you think Einstein was, is right about these things? It was gravitational something, curve, bending space. Love. Yeah, it's. I'm, th- I'm telling you, it is. It is, it is a. It is a nameless <laughs> demon that I think holds space. Mm. Oh together. wow! At least it's nameless. I know. Well, it's. Yeah. I mean, it would drive you insane to, to pronounce. If you spoke that. its name. If you spoke yeah. its name, which yeah. is kind of how. That's kind of how they get you. Right. You know, usually. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- like, uh, it's it's crazy to me. All these guys, and this is sort of where we started here. All these guys will warn like this is going to destroy the earth. However, I am working on it. And I, I don't understand. I know they're bullshitting, right? It's this. It's like what you're saying. Like it's like the hold me back, hold me back yeah. kind of thing, which is the real. That's the true sign of the street pussy is the hold me back. Yeah. First of all, no one could ever hold me back. That's like the I'm best classic movie, right. like fake fights yeah. in sports. Whenever that's I like have to fight a guy, thing. I take out the emergency packet of pig's grease that I have. So no one can hold you back. And so I just I coat my. Not only can no one hold me back, the guy that's about to beat me up can't get on to me. Oh. And he sort of just, when he gets me down on the ground, he sort of slides me down the street like a luge. Um, mm. But uh, so it's a defensive, it's a defensive, defensive mechanism. Yeah, you don't beat exactly. them up. Exactly. You just survive. Yeah. I just survive and I, I frighten him. Another day. He thinks yeah. I'm some kind I'm of I'm the old, I'm going to die, but I'm taking one of your eyes before I go. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, then I just die. <laughs> I, I'm the classic take out a hypodermic needle and say, you don't know what's in this. Right. And I've seen a person robbed in the tenderloin like that before. That's great. Yeah, because that's the that's the junkie method of robbing someone, saying you have AIDS in a needle. Mm. And it can and people are just like, well. But now with prep, people aren't that afraid anymore. Exactly. But Which you don't want to take the chance, right? <laughs> they can get air in a vein. It's you, still not good. That's not real. It's not real? It's not real. Well, I'm sure it's real on something, Somewhat, but right. air bubbles, it's. Don't worry. Don't. This is not medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> this is not medical advice. I want to be very clear. First of all. <laughs> Don't listen to anything that we say on this podcast that has anything to do with medicine. But from my experience, right. I did not have a problem with that. And you know, quicksand's not real either, it turns Quicks- out. Wait, what? There's no what? quicksand. I know. Daniel Ever? Boone, all those things when I was a kid. What were they dying was like from? one of the things I was most afraid of as a kid. Me too. It's not real. It's not real? Look it up. Even Snopes, it's not real. I mean, there's like muddy I don't believe mud, the fact checkers. But there's not what? like, no, cowboy's not getting, Whoa! Who came up with shit. it then? I don't know. And well, I, first of all, a genius. How yeah. did I ve- develop the very specific fetish that my life revolves around <laughs> then? 
I think, you know, wagons and stuff, wagon wheels and all. They just kind of stuck in stuff and mud. It was really, oh, no. And they would call it quicksand, I would think, because this guy running the stagecoach ends up in it. He's like, oh, well, how could I know? It's quicksand. It's quicksand, you know. Yeah, oh, oh, that's some of that quicksand. There's actually a whole episode of, I think, Radiolab about this. About the fetish? They talk about the fetish. The fetish. I, I think I watched a documentary about the mm. fetish before, which awakens yeah, me. Yeah, it's an um, interesting thing, though. But, yeah, but quicksand. AI might be the new quicksand. Well, it's my, my – so the thing is, it's like why are these guys saying hold me back, hold me back, hold me back? It's because they want to build hype, right? Yeah. I Well, they uh, – it's hard to accuse them of it directly mm. because I think some of them are afraid. And there are some really smart people I know who signed on to that. Yeah. Document people who know. I mean, I would have to say who know more about the way AIs work than I do. Signed on to the document, but the 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 document is part of this uh, uh, the sort of social dilemma, Center for Humane Technology, um, fear. Uh, and I understand they're using fear to try to wake people up to how technology is developing. But I usually find people who use fear and anxiety to provoke your action are not genuinely your friends. Mm. It doesn't usually work. Even, you know, poor dear Al Gore with Inconvenient Truth. Did that really help us? Did that work as a communication strategy? No. Right? It just it made him it continued to make it. He had trouble kind of getting out of the laughing stock quicksand. Right. And it was all true, is the thing. And it was all urgent and it's devastating. I mean, how many species have, have been lost since then? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's interesting the way so I, I look at it as in terms of as a communication effort. I feel like there are some people who want to be known for this. There's there's these dudes and they talk about, you know, we're in a meta crisis and the only way to escape the meta crisis is to do sense making and you do psychedelics and ketamine and understand the nature of the thing and ayahuasca and blah. And it seems it's so much simpler than that to me. It's like borrow a drill. Just, you know what I mean? So it yeah. starts that community. Meet your neighbors. Use less stuff. We could take... 99% of us don't need to think about the meta crisis. We need to just start behaving in ways that are consistent with our long-term goals. Yeah. And that's not that's not rocket science. I think, too, I mean, I hate to keep coming back to this, but I really just think it's a way to externalize costs. I mean, and talk about, you know, you keep talking about risk and their, like, fears of, you know, and risk governs our society now. I mean, we talk about insurance companies. We talk about these crazy people who are, like, obsessed with all their fears from their childhood or whatever. But it's like, you know, mitigating risk and absolving ourselves from risk and pushing it onto anyone is like, that's our society's way, right? And I think about, you know, I, I think a lot of the time these big hype, you know, profiles in the in New York Times, the New Yorker, or whatever it is, and these big declarative statements and these trips to Washington where yeah. they're going to, you know, play and regulate me daddy or like yeah. whatever is like in so many ways obfuscates the way this shit is already being uh, is already, you know, shaping and reshaping our lives. But also like the ways in which it's disseminated, like it's one thing to s- try to stop it and govern it on the, like, at the point of the technology development, whatever that means, right? Which is very difficult to do, as we talked about, because, you know, this stuff is kind of, like, developing in real time 
so fucking yeah. fast. It's insane. You're right. And it's the real-time impacts that are being ignored with these sci-fi conversations. Yeah. Right. So they're willing to talk about, oh, the future AI conscious, blah, totally. blah, blah, you know, oh, existential problem for the world. It's like right now, talk about uh, affirmative action, but right now there are uh, the, the anti-affirmative action prison sentencing algorithms that sentence black people longer in prison than white people for the same crime. Those are being used right now. Somebody is being sentenced in jail longer. That is the AI crime. And that's the one that we're not looking at when we say, oh, and what about, you know, if, if humankind migrates to space, will it? <laughs> it's like, dude. Well, that, well, that was, uh, guys like SBF, that was their whole thing. And that was astounding to me when I was like, really, effective like, I'd known about effective altruism. When we really started reading about it, right? I remember we had all these conversations that were yeah. just like, this is insane. Like, uh, yes, long-term thinking, but like, these are, uh, it's so crazy to me that all of right. these supremely, almost cartoonishly antisocial people are in charge of, in large part, right. of the way that our society functions right. as the, a society. And in the, best, Not, in the best of worlds, though, this is why they're calling for help. I'm not right? just, like, in charge, but, like, also they're, like, at all of the universities yes. training the generations and the next generations and the successive right. generations. No offense to you who's a professor. You're not one of them. You're but one of the good ones. how to think. I mean, when you think about, like, what's happened to the social sciences and what's happened to the kind of, like, the I mean, talk about, like, risk and I the way know. that, like, these and, departments kind of... And you know, like, it, the, the, the softer, whatever we are in humanities, like, uh, media studies and yeah. all the kind of sociological sort of things... All of our things got way more STEM as yeah. if to like show, oh, this is real science and real math. Totally. This is not a touchy-feely thing. And it's like, no, the touchy-feely part is what is what we want because on the other side, I mean, what, what you're talking about, Brace, is like this sort of Jeremy Bentham who was a great philosopher. He had this thing called utilitarianism. Yeah. And you just try to – he was sort of trying to look for a sort of a ma- almost a mathematical way of – uh, let's pick our policies and behaviors based on what's going to benefit the most good for the most people. So what the tech bros do is they go, oh, that one I like because it's logical and, and numerical. Let's go with that. And they put that on digital steroids and what they get is effective altruism, which is saying, you know, there are going to be trillions of conscious post-human entities throughout the heavens one day. And the 8 billion larval worm people alive today really don't matter compared to them. Yeah. So it's okay if we destroy this planet and everything on it as long as we get off in time, as long as we, 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 move, we, 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 we lift off or, or reach escape velocity. And the thing is that fantasy dovetails so well with their nerd, woman-fearing, nature-fearing thing. They want to be on a spaceship. They want to be... Uh, uh, Zuckerberg wanted to be without his anything from the waist down in the metaverse. That's a happier, you know what I mean? That's the existence that they want. So the apocalypse, climate change, species disappearance, that all becomes an excuse to build out this, this bizarre fantasy. But for them, I think it's a positive fantasy, not not a nightmare. I mean, I think there's like, you know, a lot of young people that whether they are cognizant of it or not, like, think this way. Like, I really, I mean, you see it all the time on, like, in, like, fucking Reddit, right? Like, there are so many people that kind of have this rationale of, like, well, I'm just gonna, let me just uh, um, make a, you know, this is a plus the plus column and this is the minus column and I'm going to, you know, once I add up all of the things that are positive and subtract all the things that are negative, that's going to give me the decision. Like, a very, um, I don't know how else to say this without being 
I, I, you know, I'm not trying to be mean, but like just like a really like childlike way of looking at the world as if everything can be super fucking neat and black and white and nothing messy or inexplicable or confusing or both good and bad can can exist. Yeah. And it's like I see this all the time with people that are what seemed to me I mean like I know like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 kids in college. Like I'm so mm. curious to hear about some of the kids that not specifically, but what you see from kids because from anecdotes that I've heard from friends or from, you know, from other people like the way that we are approaching the world is one in which we are deathly afraid of it, like you're talking about, but, like, also, like, are not interested in um, interacting with the parts that we don't understand. Like, there's a lack of curiosity. Either it's driven by fear or because it's uninteresting or whatever. And what it's leading to is, like, a, a lack of, like... Uh, like wrestling and interaction and development and thought. Yeah. I mean, and then back to the liberal arts. I mean, when you're in sort of the STEM land, you get to the answer as quick as possible. Yeah. You get your assessment and you've got your thing, you get your prize, you ring the bell and move on. You know, and there's that ache for conclusion. Mm. You know, it's also the TikToky thing. It's like it's done in 30 mm. seconds and you move on to the next thing. And what we what we may need to retrain ourselves is how do you leave how do you live in the open-ended bizarre ambivalence of actual mm. of actual life. And the right. right, it's it's a childlike need for well, what's the answer? I mean, look at Musk Yeah, what's on the Twitter. answer? What's the autocomplete? Get yeah. it done. Get it done. Get it done. And there's a tweet, and it's done. You know, it's, it, it is childlike. It's like, I want to I wanna fuck that and tweet that. Right? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's a baby totally. thing. Totally. You know, and it is. It, yeah, we're a bunch of fucking babies. Yeah. And it is a godless space, too. I mean, if, you, if you're going to deal with soul and the weirdness and the sanctity of human life, the mystery of existence, then you're in that more strange, artistic, David Lynchy, whatever kind of mm. space that is. If you're in that kind of tech bro space, the kid who gets plucked from freshman year of college, you know, before the myelin sheaths have formed on their frontal lobe to go run a VC for zillions of dollars, um, you you have the the developer's mindset, the programmer's mindset, which is great for programming. It's like get get the code done and make sure there's no inconsistencies and it all actually has to work in that gear-like, in a gear-like way that real humanity uh, doesn't. You know, and that's why now they're like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't take ethics or history or anthropology or sociology. I have no idea what I'm doing to society here. Which is crazy, by the way. Also, you don't need to take a course in those things in order to have any kind of, like, you know, self-awareness yeah. about what you're fucking well, doing. Well, I, I guess, yeah. I guess to think. me it's, it's beyond, like, there's, there's, it's, it's, there's an ineffable quality that I think is, 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 is necessary, too, to like be, I guess, what I think of as like a more complete human. I mean, not to get to whatever about it, but like, it's like, yeah, you can you can take STEM courses and you can take uh, the humanities yeah. or whatever. But it's like, have you ever felt like real insane love for somebody, or like, have you ever have you ever sacrificed something in a real way for somebody else, or have you ever like have you have you ever had these this collection of mundane but beautiful interactions with somebody that like helped create something in you? 
that is is purely human and is, it is untouched by the machine. And that, I think, is missing from a lot of people. And especially, I think, the way that they structure society unconsciously, yeah. right? It robs other people that to, to, to back to the to the to the to the example of the receptionist, right? You know, I've had I, I you know I've, I've I've worked in places. Uh, I, I used to uh, I used to work in a place where I would talk to the receptionist when I came in and like you know you know laugh, tell some couple jokes or whatever. Um, and uh, and that that those interactions mean you know nothing in the day to day, right? Like it's you, know, you don't think about them before or after they happen. But that accumulation of interactions creates something it, unnameable but, but very much uh, a part of the human experience within you. And, like, it's, it's, it just it speaks to, like, the way that these people think. It's like you can't, you can't recreate that. But you can rob others of the opportunities to enjoy that. And I'm not just talking, you know, it doesn't have to be a receptionist to happen. But, like, right. your example with the drill and the neighbor. You know, it's, it's – it's, this has been a trend in society long before social media or any of the internet or anything like that, you know, since like the 60s and that's really the 70s and yeah. 80s. But right now, what we have is not what people 100 years ago would recognize as a society. We are a collection of people who are ordering food and occasionally getting uh, laid off of an app. Right. You know? And even the thinking ones among us are kind of off track. When I, I brought up that, that drill example to a, a largely business audience, Talking about borrowing a drill and all that and how it would change everything and all. And um, someone got up and said, well, yeah, but what about the people working at the drill company? <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah. so then well, let's talk. And it was like, all right, let's talk about the people working at the drill company. What if we don't need so many drills? So yeah. you're saying it's more important. It's okay. We better dig more stuff out of the ground, send enslaved children and get the rare earth metals and do all that and have the pollution that, that, and spend the money. So that someone at the drill company is employed. Well, what? So what if there's not enough drill work? Yeah. What if we have to share the work? You know what? My God, could you imagine that? That there's only three days worth of work a week. How yeah. can we deal with that? But they can't. And that's the thing. That's there's such a paucity of of imagination. But but your guys that you're talking about, it's it's this. It's an amplified, a, a digitally amplified version of the spectrum disorder. You know, and rather than compensating for some of the more abstracting uh, kind of sometimes de- dehumanizing qualities of, uh, of, of, of a spectrum disorder, they kind of double down on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, most of the people I know who've got spectrum things learn other compensatory mechanisms and are the most, I mean, for some of my, the most engaged, loving, empathic yeah. people I know. You know, and it doesn't have to cost you that. But if you... Uh, double down on the coldest part of it, then you end up getting this kind of this this tech bro. Musk, util- I think, is a perfect example right. of that. Somebody who who is, um, I actually genuinely think Musk is is fairly stupid as far as people go. Like just in terms of th- thoughts right. that he has and his ability to parse information. But like he is he is somebody who has like not pursued any any sort of means of of of, comp- of compensating for maybe some you know spectrum things he has or whatever. And and as a result, has become this um, 
somebody who I think is is very obviously lacking in empathy. Yeah, and there's almost a a, a a eugenics that comes along with it. You know, this is I talked about this last time I was here. This this awful conversation I had with Richard Dawkins, yeah. where he was yelling at me for believing in stuff, and he said, "There's only science. There's only this." And then you know that th- th- there's nothing. Humans aren't even really conscious. We're just you know enacting memes and genes, and memes and genes are the only code, and we're we're passive. And then I mean, I, ten years later, I see him on on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. You know. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're on the Lolita Express. So I get where that goes. If people aren't real, and I understand why someone like Jeffrey Epstein wanted to surround himself and fund scientists who had that view of humans as not real. And you end up with a musk, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do if the only real things are memes and genes? What do you do? You buy Twitter and fuck as many women as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to bring it back to, and you already did, tweeting and fucking, which you've now right. said twice, which <laughs> yeah. I think is very I cool. Really, I really, it's, it's flow as well together. I was Thank thinking you. about that with, I mean, I was thinking a lot about social media when I was thinking about, like, this kind of, like, fear of AI stuff because I think, like, you know, a lot of times, and, you know, I get nervous about this stuff too, but, like, you talking about, like, the proliferation of, like, bullshit, right? It's like you know, just spam everywhere and, like, constant, you know, not just, like, the fake news or whatever, but, like, you know, it's, like, I... It, this sounds corny, but it's, like, if someone took recordings of my voice and then, like, distributed an AI version of me saying something that I never said, like, the violation that I would fear feel, it, it's, like, that's, like, scary to me, you know what I mean? And yeah. then, But yeah. you amplify it, right? But none of this stuff can really get anywhere unless it's distributed, and so I right. think that part of some of the conversation that we're not having, and by we, I don't mean us in this room, I mean like when we talk about the fears of AI or whatever, is like, okay, well, all this like bunk and bullshit and fake news and synthetic media or whatever is getting developed, whether that's like scams or like fake images or deep fakes or blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, like it, it can't be stopped if it doesn't – like, the way to stop it is to actually regulate the systems that are distributing it, which actually brings us back to the platforms. Right. Where I think a lot of people don't want to have those conversations. You know right. what I mean? And it gets to the whole – real the bigger question of centralization and decentralization of media. Yeah. Right? So on the one hand, when you see Sam Altman and a bunch of other tech billionaires mm-hmm. going to the government and saying, we need to create a regulatory body today, that's – an old corporate trick to say, let's get the current leading players around the table with government so we can cement our position at the top. Because what they all know, and I promise you this is true, is it's really easy to develop AI. It's really way more easier than, than, than they say. And Sam Altman has a lead because he's had a longer training period with his AI. Yeah. But there's ways to amplify that and accelerate. There's, there's fractal learning models and all these yeah, other totally. things. So there's gonna be, it's going to be really easy to do it. So if they can get the leading Google, Amazon, you know, OpenAI, whatever, get them at yeah. the table and create regulations that are like, okay, if you want it, – it, it's a lesson from the toy industry. Of the, of the early 2000s, there was a, a Dora the Explorer toy that came from mm-hmm. China that had red lead paint on it. Mm. And kids got like poisoned, like sucking on Dora from the paint. And so the toy industry says, we're going to create a regulatory body. And they created this thing that it put all the independent toy manufacturers out of business. Because you needed to do, if you were going to release sure. a toy, you have to do $500,000 Farming of is a great example they, of they this. They killed right. Pinocchio. Right. 
Right. And farming, organic farming. Right. And you get rid, right. You can't be very... a small organic farmer because you yeah. can't pay for whatever it is to be a part of the thing. So yeah. that's what the AI people are doing. On the one hand, they're doing that, right, to block out all the smaller players. But on the other hand, when you think about smaller players, I mean, there was this, there was this kind of moment of maximum openness in the, on the Internet on, like, September 10th, 2001. And September 11th, all of a sudden we see, oh, this is what remote high leverage points can do in a giant network system. There's a uh-huh. bunch of guys with box cutters and come. Mm. All of a sudden, all of our stuff, the, the Zapatista movement and all the kinds of things that we were doing, the, all the weird decentralized viral attacks on mainstream culture and Art Mark and the Yes Man and Reverend Billy and the Hungry Marching Band, all the crazy counterculture of the early net was like, was almost like terrorism. It was like, uh-oh. And that's the fear also with AIs. It's like, okay, if everybody out there can do anything with AI, then well, what, if, what are they going to do? Who are they going to fake? What if they fake me? What if they do that? And what that's going to do ultimately, and I don't mean to be too sanguine about it, but worst case, if anybody could make a deep fake of anybody saying anything, then we're back to where journalism was in the original pamphlet era. Anybody mm. could write anything but in a I pamphlet. But I think we are. The I mean, I journalism. think that it's yeah. literally social right. media, which is, right. that's the fucking problem. Right, which is going to mean now we're going to have to turn back away from, 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 uh, uh, bless their heart, away from Substack and towards journalism. We're going to have yeah. to find groups of the Amer- uh, Associated Press or ProPublica or The Guardian or BBC, whatever you trust. You're going to have to find a trusted Ugh, I hate to even use the word these days, and trusted journalistic institution. But again, this is a way to externalize the cost of this technology, right? Mm. Like this is a way for OpenAI and all of these people to not take responsibility for like, oh, we just let it open. You know, we have API. Now you guys all deal with it. And maybe that's the only way. I have no idea. But I'm saying like it isn't. I think we're just kind of like passing the buck around a little bit. And they did that before. I mean, it was a famous section 230 or whatever of the social of, 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 of ISPs, which made sense when an ISP was just sending email back and forth. You don't want them to be responsible for everything in every email or everything someone puts on every web page. It's very different when you're using algorithms to send editorial to curated editorial to individuals and still claim no, no editorial responsibility yeah, no problem no problem no problem uh, no 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 that don't no work no more yeah. i was i was when trump had his finger on that trigger i was like pull it pull it oh like, yeah. yeah and like you know change it like make them responsible see what like, happens exactly see what happens see, uh, that's the thing is like there's a lot of innovation coming from uh the tech sector, but there's not a lot of innovation coming from the people with the power to put some of those people in prison sector. Mm, and so, yeah. like, I think that, like, the government needs to just get uh, – assemble a motley crew of insane people that have um, a few scruples or morals but tasked with the single mission of, uh, of stymieing right. – but there the are some the world. smart people like that. They're just not quite in positions of power. Like um, Larry Lessig is really smart. He thinks uh-huh. of stuff. You know, he thought of um, 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 you know, Creative Commons as a new kind of copyright IP thing. Um, uh, Cory Doctorow comes up with really great yeah, ideas yeah. on how to deregulate or, or re-regulate or anti-monopoly stuff. And Rebecca Giblin. There are, but these are this is our crowd. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, this, the is, yeah, this is a guy you could email. Right. I mean, there's interfaces between the two. There's like Tim. Woos, who can talk to us and talk to them. He was like, uh, 
got some kind of job in, yeah. in government. There's some of them that can kind of do do both. But the other problem is it's all happening so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that here we are. I mean, we I mean, where's the where are these conversations happening? Like here on a on podcasts. Yeah. And this is so much more the conversation we are having about this is so much more advanced than what you will see on like uh uh you know Bless her heart, by Christiane Amanpour in a seven-minute segment with Sam Altman can't yeah, yeah. get to it, you know. And where are you? Where are they getting to it, you know? And 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 when? Well, we will we will see. But if if they're not right, and I know I, I want them to be, and I want to advocate and do whatever I can. But again, it it comes down to, and it's not fair, and it's externalized, but. It's personal and community responsibility that the more embedded you are in a live community of real human beings, then the less vulnerable you will be to capitalist AIs, antisocial AIs, mind control AIs. It, the, 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 even the fake news AIs don't matter so much. I, 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 I've never felt myself like caring more about who is president or not when it has – I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but – but we can all relieve the federal government of so much responsibility over our daily affairs by taking better care of one another. Mm-hmm. And it seems pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Well, I, 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 I agree that it seems straightforward. I think the thing is you run into the, the reason nobody does it because it's so much the, – all the alternatives are not only so much easier, but they are the ones that are, are – normalized by society yeah. that, that, that they are the ones that are like you would be you know it's it's the same social pressure and this is very personal for me for like not answering a text message right there is no world in which i need to be on call for people both acquaintances and friends and people you know and business partners business, i respond to you guys okay i do <laughs> oh, respond but you to get you guys. i can't stop i'm terrible i have hundreds of emails i'll get like literally five or ten emails from people either wanting a blurb for their book or help finding a publisher. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to service all of them because I feel, and this is maybe I was raised wrong, I feel like guilty for not... I feel so guilty. I mean, I feel guilty right now for not texting people back that like, it's, that can, it can wait. And it's just like these, these like subtle pressures, I think by the way that technology has restructured many of like the social interactions that we have that build up and create a sort of like new neuroses right. that, that make it that. really difficult to like have these day-to-day interactions because with that interaction, you know, for instance, I, you know, I go to my neighbor. I actually am friends with my neighbors, but I, I, and, and, uh, but I, I, you know, not all my neighbors, you know, every new person that you meet is a new person that might hit you up at any point for anything and that you have to respond to them at any time. And like, there's right. all of these, like these, uh, I, I mean, again, and it doesn't these, these feel like friendship. It feels like, exactly. and you know, and, and cause we're all, and that again, the, the amount of surface area that each one of us has now and vulnerability to everyone everywhere. It's like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a semi-famous author, yeah. but I am living the lifestyle of, or the, the, the availability lifestyle of freaking Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and I'm not Taylor. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm. God, I wish she I'm was here right now. I'm a freaking college professor. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm making ends meet, but it's hard. My daughter's starting college next. This is a whole thing. I want to help everybody, but 
Yeah. But I yeah. can't. And, but the technology, again, the, the, I, I like Liz's whole thing on externalization because I always talked about externalization with like capitalism and corporations, yeah. how they externalize worker training onto the public school system now. It's like yeah. school was supposed to be for us to learn shit, yeah. not, to, not to get trained to work at whatever company. And now we got principals going to the CEO saying, what do you want the workers of tomorrow to know? That's not what school is for, damn it. And so I, I, I get that. But then I feel like, uh, to your point that these technologies are so good at externalizing stuff to us that we are just filled with tasks that we can't do filled mm. with obligations filled with you know filling out forms and doing the things that there's just no um i mean i hate to call it customer service but in some ways it's that um but there's no um the the, the systems of support mm. are so um, threadbare and and the amount of obligations that these technologies can compel us to feel are rightfully our responsibility is distorted. Mm-hmm. I think the feelings thing is really interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking like we talk a lot about not we but us a society. We talk a lot about like the attention economy and like I think there's a little bit of projection there. Like we all – I think we all like to think that our attention is very important. (laughs) And so this idea that companies are like literally bidding in real time to get our attention I think makes us feel really good. But I don't think – like no one really retains any information that they get from the – from social media, right? And and there's just – I just saw there was like a big piece in the – uh, I think it was the Atlantic that was talking about how, like, we need to get a lot of digital tech out of early education. Not so much, like, high schools or whatever, but, like, early education. It really hampers, like, intellectual development right. and, like, early childhood development, which is interesting. But – which I think a lot of people kind of intuitively feel. But anyway. But it's, like, I, when I think about, like, what we're actually feeling and, like – or actually, like, you know – is the kind of happening with social media and all this stuff. It's like, it's not really attention so much as like feelings. Like we're scrolling through to feel something, mm. which is just like, it's just like, now I feel, I feel laughter. I feel anger. I feel sad. I feel, and it's like, talk about like the babyification mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, so all we're doing, it's like, we just have our, it's not attention, right? It's not feeding off attention. It's feeding off of, feeling like like reactions it's just reactions and that's what we crave right and it's this like really um it's like an impossible like actual social economy to build because it's built on nothing but like like babies reactions and like feed me this i feel this you know i want this i I want some baby baby goats jumping around pictures yeah Yeah. i want to feel that that's not connecting i'm crying i'm screaming i'm laughing i'm baby You know, and it's just like, right? I, I, I mean, I really think that we f- like to think that we're our attention. It's really our attention that we're giving because it makes us feel a lot more important than we are. And what actually what we're doing is just fucking. I mean, look, and I'm not any better, right? Like, I am a fucking crying baby, like asking for the slop, like the rest of us. You know, like I'm fucking in the trash can too, but. I just feel like the thing that bothers me so much about all of these conversations is like it just always feels like we're not actually talking about what we're talking about, you know? And maybe that's like the whole thing with the hype machine, just trying to like break through all of this stuff. But it just never feels like we're ever having honest conversations. 
Yeah, because we're we are well, all of us to some extent are addicted to these yeah. this oh, yeah. dopamine totally. absolutely stuff. But you know what you can never get on there is this thing that happens. It happened a couple of weeks ago. I like looked at somebody in the eyes and held their hand and all these other feelings and chemicals and yeah. things happen in my body that yeah. never happened on the internet. Totally. <laughs> you know? That are like higher, like yeah. higher developed feelings. Yeah. I know. And we're so robbed of Emotions. them. But, and the longer we're robbed of them, then the more manipulable we are. And the more we search, I mean, that's the way addiction works, right? It doesn't actually feed the thing. You never feed it. You, no. leave, you leave it unfed. So you keep, you keep looking and searching and searching. Mm. But, you know, there's also something I think – you know, they're, they're, for, for someone like you or me that feels guilty about not, not helping the person, there's something that feels like, oh, I'm going to – look at this email. I'll refer this person to an agent I know. Click, 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 click. Send. Ha! I've done a good thing, right? I haven't – I've done a little bit of a good thing. Yeah, it's better than not doing it, but it's not really the thing. It's not filling the thing of actually helping a neighbor get their car out of the mud. Yeah, it's yeah. not filling the thing. So – in some sense, the reason why it's so dissatisfying is because it's just another addiction. It's the Internet's version of, what, referrals? You know, it's like LinkedIn. It's like, yeah, I'm a, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. You, you click on anybody. It's all good with me. I'll open all my spigots, you know. My spigots firmly shut. Yeah, no, and that's a good thing because you can – I think you can shut your spigot once you realize I'm not actually helping you. And you know, when it's like – I don't know why I should respect Taylor Swift more than anyone else. But well, I, would, I can give you a couple okay, of reasons. A couple of billion dollars worth yeah. of reasons. But no one would ever think to, like, email Taylor, I've got a new song. I guess thousands of people every day probably do. Right. I have a new song. Yeah. Can you help me find a uh, manager yeah, yeah. to do this? You would, well, if you don't hear back, you wouldn't think twice. Exactly. But if you don't hear back from Brace, you're like, well, well, wait a minute. How many people really listen to the show? How many? Yeah, yeah. I, he really What's he should. even doing? What's he even right. doing? And, you know, if I could do, like, Young Chomsky at truanon.com, then I he'll see him definitely posting answer. On he doesn't even speak, right? No, he will not. No. Right, he won't. Of course he won't. I mean, that's not even an address, right? Is it? I just made it up. Don't, not, don't email no. that. No, exactly. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's like <laughs> we, 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 are, we expect customer service from each other mm. rather than from... And immediately. Yeah. And immediately from the, the kinds of things that should actually be doing it. And that's, you know, and that's why all my community things and favorite things, I keep saying to try to be doing them at physical scale yeah. rather yeah. than this, this uh, amplified scale. You know, that's the other thing. We can't win on there. This is the realm, the, the, the digital realm. This is the realm of the corporations, of abstract entities, I've of the I've always AIs. said this. It's enemy territory. It is. The, we own terra firma. We are defending terra firma, the real world from the... You can't go there. It's, it's, like, it's like we're going to build some kind of a scaled digital golem to launch it online to fight these entities. No, we're not, because that's their home turf. This yeah. is where Exxon and IBM and Musk, they are abstract entities. Capitalism is an abstraction of reality. That was the whole point. There's people trading and doing stuff. Capitalism comes along and says, oh, we're going to go meta. We're going to game their system. We're going to supply the money for them to trade, or we're going to supply the money to the money people. We're going to supply derivatives to the money people who are supplying, or derivatives of derivatives. 
abstraction, abstraction. Digital comes along and does the same abstraction game. We're not going to be in the real world. We're going to have these digital markers that are going to geotag reality and control yeah. reality. And then AIs on that. We can't fight them up there. We can't fight them on their own turf. That's theirs. And in some ways, I mean, I'm the last person should say it because I was one of the first little people on the internet and thought mm -hmm. this is where the counterculture is going to go. Well, the banks and the evil dudes and the AIs all followed us out on the internet and turned it into this big nightmare. Let's escape. Go back to the real world. Let them have the internet. And then, like, cut them off and let them just go <laughs> I love out this. into yeah. the abstract. Yeah, leave them on Mars. You know, leave them hey, on Mars. Go even further. Go even further. Yeah. And then get on out of there. Well, we have to wrap up. Okay. We have to wrap up, I'm afraid. Douglas. Doug. Whoever. Mr. Rushkoff, the professor. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I, this is a guy. I like. I, it's this is this is. You're a good example uh, of a Jew. I think. Uh, well, you know how much I spend so much time with you two. You're my favorite podcast. It's the, <laughs> one, the only one I pay for. You're joking? I mean, no, I keep you. You're under my pillow when I don't sleep at night. Oh, I have a little special. That's you know, watch out because he'll get you. I'll get, uh, cause I, here's the thing. Like, yeah. He's I can, like Freddy Krueger. He comes out of the uh, podcast right. and yeah, into your nightmares. That, that is, so that's the thing. It's like people are always like, oh, Brace, why don't you text me back? Or why don't you, like, this was, I sent you this three days ago you or whatever. because his nails are so long. And, I, and I'm also like, dude, I'm in, in people's the houses. Like yeah. I go to people's houses and I fuck with them when they're sleeping. Like, sorry. It's not like, it's not people think that the podcast is just us coming here for an hour and that's the only hour we work no. during the week. No. I'm in people's houses and I kill them sometimes. Yeah, he's I'm sorry. in your fucking I dreams. I harvest souls. I harvest souls to get our numbers up. Yeah. We're gonna. Uh, speaking of podcasts, I was insane for not mentioning this earlier. But Mr. Rushkoff here has a fantastic podcast called Team Human. Team Human. Team Human, where you are, you are, you're. you're this is not a lot of ums in this podcast. Let me tell you, the guy can talk. And you always have very interesting guests. It just it's it's great. I'm a I listener. You, yeah. We are this human intervention in the machine. Yes. So come and and celebrate what it means to be human in a digital age, and to, to, to rally together and uh, resocialize this uh, bizarre deserted landscape. You will still get your regular Team Human episode on Wednesday in just two days from now. Take care.